Okay, this is a choir that was singing uh, at this marriage conference, and then they broke out and danced. And because they broke out and danced, can we have the second video? There were 1,500 people at this marriage conference. And being part of the panel uh, that answered questions, uh, the panel, uh, the people up there were married from 45 to 49 years. And so uh, it was quite good, and uh, the people were quite good. Now, the reason why I showed you the video is because this was spontaneous. I said, I'd like to have this in our church, all right? And so, uh, but it, it was a highlight. It was very much the event that I enjoyed the most, even though I did enjoy training the pastors. Uh, I did enjoy overseeing the counselors as decisions were made for Christ. The second highlight is after the first night and decisions were they came to the decision tent, and I'm overseeing the counselors, making sure to answer their questions, and making sure that, that they're listening. Uh, it was quieting down, so there was only maybe three or four people yet to be, that were being taken care of. So I decided to go out uh, towards uh, uh, my friend's wife, Kim Robnett, who is the evangelist and, uh, uh, in this case, and his wife, Sharon. I, I went out to talk to her, and then there's a gal named Caroline, uh, she's a pastor's wife of the of Apollo, who put all of this together for you So I went out toward her, toward them, and I got grabbed. I got grabbed by this mom. She had, she's like John right now, had a baby in the arm and a toddler at her side. All right? And I don't know why she reached out to me, because there's a lot of people she could have reached out to. But she did, and this is a highlight. She said she wanted uh, to be healed. That's what I heard. Well, in a sense, she wanted to be healed. And she, and I, and, but she said, I don't speak good English. I speak very little. So I'm trying to get a little bit out of her for the next few seconds, and I said, well, this is so I bring her up to Caroline, who speaks her language. And this uh, gal didn't want healing physically. She needed healing because of a behavior she knew was wrong. So instead of healing, she was saying, I want to stop stealing. And I asked her how long has she been a believer? Did she know Jesus? She said, yes. And I said, how long? She said, here. I said, are you going to a church? She said, yes. She named the church. Of course, I don't know the church. And then I said, and, and your pastor is? And she says something. She says it. Of course, I don't know who he is either. But Caroline said, I know the pastor. And so Caroline and this lady are going to walk together and work with the church. And that's the 
essential issue for us as uh, in, in, the, in meeting these people was that we want the pastors to be involved, we want the pastors to be in ministry together, and we want to see people that make decisions for Christ, not just make the decision, just hang out there. We want them to be plugged in. And so this was really a highlight for me uh, for this year. Uh, now, I have to be honest with you, even as I go into this message, that uh, at first I didn't want to go. I've been to Uganda several times, but never on a big scale. It's always been on a small scale. Me and the pastors and work. And, uh, Nate me what, five, six years ago now? And he did a marvelous job with the youth. He said, what do I do? I said, figure out something. And he did. Not only did he figure out something, he took all the pictures. Not only did he take all the pictures, he set up my PowerPoint because I didn't know how to do it. All right? So it was amazing. But yet, I didn't want to go on this. My best friend is asking me to go, and I have an ache. And so I said to him, if my wife doesn't go, I don't go. So we kept praying, and finally I said yes. I hate traveling alone. That's why I didn't, I didn't want to go. Here we go, 20, almost 24 hours of flight time over, back. Uh, over was on by myself, but the, some of the teams flew with me to Amsterdam, separated here, and I back to the state from there. But uh, it was a highlight. It was a highlight because 54 people came to serve. Untold, pa untold pastors came to serve. Within the 54 teams from America, from Uganda, from Kenya, from the UK, there were no arguments. There were no egos. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you have no We had leaders, and he led. He led well. And so before we go into, the, into what I'm going to say, can we all rise for the reading of the text? I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19. So two groups, two major groups came in. We had a, 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 a west venue and we had a south venue. Next year they're planning to do the north and the east. So if you want to come, let us know. But in this, uh, so ET Global, of which I was a part of, we ran the West, and then there's Open Arms Ministry that ran the South. And the evangelist Dave Gallagher that ran the South, uh, he loves my daughter. My he couldn't believe that I was her father. I said, yeah, she's better than me. But, that he represented, he brought a group from Kenya, called Open Arms Ministry. So you can look all that up as well. And the purpose? To do the Great Commission. That's for all of us. You know it. I know it. I bet you I can talk to you and ask somebody to repeat it, and you, you would all, most of you would be able to say it. Go, as you're living your life, it's not a command, 
go. Make disciples. That's the command. How do we make disciples? Because when we look at this, the gospel is to be front and center. Because it begins with who? Anybody? Oh, my wife knows because she's heard me say this so, so many times. All right? It ends with? Oh, man, come on. It's all about? Okay, let's try this one more time. It begins with? It ends with? It's all about? So guess what? It's not about you. It is about you in a sense because God wants to use you. But how is he going to use you? The gospel is front and center. It's the core of change. Each of us is changing. Somewhat. I'm changing physically. My body is getting more crooked. My mind is getting more dull. So I will preach until I figure my mind is gone. But then my daughter says, you won't know when your mind is gone. All right. Okay, thank you. So, the gospel core is change. Change from being an enemy of God to a friend of God. Change from living to sin to living in the light. Change, a transformation becoming like Christ. So, how does this happen? In the, the preparation to go uh, to Uganda, this one guy, was, he put a lot of work into this to communicate with the team. And one of the, one of the little statements he, he put out, this is the beatitude. Blessed are those who are flexible, for they will not be broken. And believe you me that when we went, I had to be flexible because some things didn't happen like they were supposed to. I was supposed to go to the men's prison and minister there. There was supposed to be six of us that went, but only two were granted, and I was not one of the two. So what now what do I do? I'm expecting to go, but I'm not going. I'm expecting to meet, and I'm not meeting. So how adaptable are we? Are you ready to serve? And if you are to serve, how adaptable are you? How flexible are you? Again, understand, the situations may change, but the gospel does not. I don't know how this dancing will affect some other churches, but I think we are we open to it. So let's get a dance team in. Well, we've been going through Corinthians, and 1 Corinthians 8 and following... It talks about Christian freedom, its privileges, and its responsibilities. So in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 through 18, what we see is that Paul gives up his rights, even though he has the right as an apostle to get his living from the, from the churches, although he is supposed to be respected. We'll see in 2 Corinthians that, you know, he's not respected too much. 
but he gives up his right. So in 1 Corinthians 19 to 23, as you look at these verses, count, if you have your Bible, anybody, do I see any swords here? Okay? Bring a Bible. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 19 to 23, what word keeps coming up? What is the purpose? That word shows up. Anybody in the peanut gallery? What's the word? Don't be shy. Not chapter 9, verses uh, 19 to 23. What's the word that keeps coming up at the end? The purpose. Slave. And what other word shows up? Why? 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 To win. That might win some. He doesn't go in that and says, well, you know, I'm going to go in and serve them that I might lose some. He's going in with the purpose of the gospel to win some. To win some to Christ that might not know Christ. To be able to reach out and identify with them. We, as Harambe, oh, by the way, uh, uh, we say it means in Swahili, pushing forward together. Well, the Kenyan group that came out spoke Swahili. And I asked, and uh, I, I said, our, our church is named Harambe, and they said, no. That's a funny name. Nobody would name their church in Kenya Harambe. And then, so I, I didn't ask any further because I didn't say, why? I just didn't. And so John is the one who, because he spent time in Uganda as well, he says, well, you know, that phrase is used for fundraisers. <laughs> now I want to let you know we need your funds. But we say... We're to push together forward to impact Renton. Not just a section of Renton, all of Renton. And because of that, it's our vision that we would be a multi-ethnic, cross-cultural, multi-generational church that reaches out to the needs of the people. Are we? To a certain extent, we are. But as we look at this, are you in it to win it? Paul's all in. Whatever it takes. You know, a lot of, a lot of you know that I'm, I'm a consultant for churches. And so the church tells me there's this issue. And I said, so what do you want? They say, this is our answer that we want. We want to go in this direction. I, I, so I ask, what are you willing to do? And invariably, in some form, it says whatever it takes. And I say, really? They say, yes. I said, so are you willing to do this to get there? Yes. Are you willing to do this to get there? Yes. Eventually, I ask, are you willing to get there? Uh, maybe. 
so I'll go push it on one mile further. Are you willing to do this? I don't see us doing that. So, I said, it's not whatever it takes. You have your limit. Are you in it to win it? And will you do whatever it takes? Because in this passage, it puts the gospel front and center. We are to be servants. But a servant is not a boss. He's not the boss. A servant is one who learns. So now I'm not going to go in, into Kenya and say, we have a church named Harambe in America. But I have a church. I'm not going to insult those people. There are certain ways that you have to understand who they are. So when they greet you, they put out their hand. They not only put out their hand, but they talk. Over with. So then, then I get met a Nigerian brother who's a uh, really a healer, and he would I would bow down to him because that's what he was starting to do, and he'd bow down even lower. So I want to bow down even lower. Only my body can't do it. But it's a sign of respect. That's their culture. So in order to reach this community, your neighborhood, do you understand your culture? As I was training the pastors, I says, do you understand your congregation that you might reach some more? A servant learns. When we do this, we model Jesus. Because Why? He came to serve, not to be served. He is our ultimate model. So to be a multi-ethnic, cross-cultural church, a community for all people, requires all of us to be intentional, to engage. There are three instances in Scripture about Jesus. Jesus speaks to the high and mighty, Nicodemus. Jesus speaks to a wealthy person even though he's not looked on very favorably. That's Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus must go through Samaria to reach a woman of ill repute. He crosses these boundaries. He crosses all classifications. And he is our model, keeping eyes, our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. So how are we adapting? How do we reach out? Are you learning? Listen. And this is one of the things that I was very impressed about. Oftentimes, I've seen people share Christ and they do all the talking. But in our counseling, we train them. You ask questions. And you ask to seek their understanding. You listen to their story. 
you listen to where, where they're at so that you have some kind of understanding and if you enter into that even though it's not it's just like in France we go down and we want to get to the Eiffel Tower and we ask this policeman how do we get to the Eiffel Tower and he looks at us like just stupid. And so finally he gives in. This is what I learned. Even if you don't speak French, if you try to speak French, they'll open up. Otherwise they shut you out. We call it snobbery. Why? That's who they are. That's what they do. So it involves intentionality. When's the last time you met somebody intentionally to listen to their life and the hopeful that they would be open to hearing the gospel? When's the last time? I do not want to count Uganda at all. That's that's a given. But what do I do? How do I meet people? So, John wants to meet. So we met on Wednesday, and I said, Ha ha, he's your favorite. Well, oh, that's my second office now. Fill up on donuts and meet with people. So I met with this guy that I met in the gym. I said, Let's get together for coffee. Let me hear your story. Let me hear your dream. Let me get to know you. And now, I asked him, I said, you know, your family and my family, we should get together. He said, yes, I'll talk to my wife. How intentional. That person may never receive Christ. But that's not your job. Your job is to serve and to share Christ. How do I know that? Verse 23 of chapter 9, it says this. Now I do this for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. Give me a blessing. Let me be a servant. We sung these songs. How much do you need? How much do you need? How is God speaking to you as you sing? So even when we had this time of repentance, Maybe you did say, singing these songs, I'm just doing it because everybody else is doing it. Paul wants others to do it with him. Harambe, God wants to use us. To use you. To serve by reaching out, by sharing. I crossed the street. I said this a number of times, so you've heard it before, forgive me, that's a sign of old age. But for the longest time, I didn't know who sang this song until somebody told me it was Kelly Clarkson. Because of you, I stay on this side of the cross, uh, on the sidewalk. Because of you. Do we do that? And that stops 
If you love, you will serve. You will engage the culture. If you love, you will serve. You will engage the culture. Now, my wife gave to me, and I, I use it once in a while, uh, hand sanitizer, right? We're in Uganda, and we don't know, and we're going to a lot of the poorer places. And so these people are shaking our hands, and little ones who've been playing in the dirt, snotty nose and everything comes up, they want to shake our hands. We engage them. We do not turn our hands away. Can we get sick? Yeah. Did anybody get sick? No. But we engage them. We want them to taste a little bit about what Jesus is all about. We need to engage the culture. And if you love, you will serve. And let me also say this. If you know enough to receive Christ, you know enough to share Christ. You, are, you don't have to be a theologian. You receive from someone the message of Christ dying for our sin being raised on the third day and who will return in victory and that's the reason why we celebrate communion that's all you need to share they may have some hard questions for you you can say you know this is what I know Jesus loves me Jesus died for me and Jesus is my Savior Tented of my Sometimes it's just what you're wearing. So today, as we're getting ready to come to church, I have a jacket that says Yellowstone Angle. And there was a family that was visiting our neighbors because they just had a new baby. Two days ago, three days ago, his name is Otto. O T T O. Want to make sure you knew this. And this family, the mom, uh, uh, they came to see and visit. And, and Corianne, the mother of the baby, was the nanny for this family's children for a while. And he says to me, so do you go to Yellowstone Angler? And I said, yeah. Then he starts to share his little story. Sometimes that happens. Oh, I see somebody wearing a Raider shirt. I go up to them and I say, you are my new best friend. But that's how I introduce myself. So I ask. And sometimes they respond and sometimes they don't. However, there is preparation. There is. It doesn't just happen by accident. You watch the athletes as they perform and do some of these amazing physical feats. I go, whoa. And so then I go out and try it. Oh, uh, no. Of course, I'm older. But I'm watching the younger ones do this, what they call the Ural step in basketball, where they can slap. I tried it. I fall down. But they train. I watched 
these kids. And on their own, they're practicing it all the time so that they can get it down. So when the time comes, they are ready. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. It says, Do you not know that those who run and race... So at the very end, that I might not be disqualified. Who disqualifies me? All the people I'm sharing with, and they seem that my life does not match my word. And the Lord disqualifies. Because I... And you and I need to understand. We are doing this to an audience John Maxwell also says this intentional living is about living your best story your best story is how God changes your life your best story is how you intersected with Christ your best story is how you live in the power of the spirit and people say, this is different. And so Paul uses an illustra- two illustrations, one of a racer and the other of a boxer. Have you ever heard this saying, practice makes perfect? I, I asked this in, um, at the pastor's conference because we are going through how to prepare a sermon. And I said, how many of you believe that and just thought all raise your hand then I shoot them down practice does not make perfect practice makes permanent so if you are practicing bad habits it's there my model for raising my kids. My model is my mother and father. And all of us at some point say, I'm not going to be like dad. I'm not going to be like mom. I'm not going to do it. And then when the crisis comes, looks like dad. Looks like mom. So unless you're intentional, it keeps coming. Practice makes permanent. And what we want to do is practice it perfectly so that it becomes permanent. I fly fish, and there are not. Every summer, because I'm only fishing during the summer now, I have to relearn the knot. The knot. Well, fly fish is pretty specific. And when you have all thumbs like me, it makes it a little difficult. So I need to keep practicing it. Then make it look good. I remember when I first started starting to learn how to hide these slides. They look like a bug. They look like natural. So a bunch of us from the church would get together. And we had one guy. Every night there was somebody teaching a different fly. I'd never taught a fly. Right? So Kelly, who looked like Mr. Clean, uh, was making this fly, and I'm looking at the other guys, and I said, oh, that's good. And then Kelly looks at my, 
at my fly, and he says, do you have your glasses on? So I have to work at it. Some of us have to work. The boxer trains to win. The racer wants to finish first. Whenever I compete, not so much now, but when I'm really in a tournament or something like this, I don't go in to have fun. Fun is when I win. There was this guy, we lost the game, and this guy was mad, and I thought he was mad at me because I did kind of close the game. And I said, I'm sorry. He said, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad that we didn't win. This is a pickup game. That's how serious he was. He's in it to win it. But it can take 20 years to build a reputation. And it can take five minutes to ruin the reputation. You're hearing the, all these accusations of people that we have held, held highest esteem. We probably wouldn't have voted John F. Kennedy president. He was, he was. But instant media, we learn really quick. How many of you seen the movie Open Range? Kevin Costner, Open Range, about a cowboy. Wow. Okay. It's a good movie. So Kevin Costner is there at a break, and they're playing cards. And there's this young kid who's playing, and he's in it to win it. He wins. Kevin Costner kicks the table over. Robert Duvall, who's talking to the kid, says, Cheating is not worth the relationship. Because they knew he cheated. It's not worth a relationship. Later, the kid uh, apologized. We should do this because we don't want to be disqualified. We do this for the gospel. We run and, tra and train for an eternal crown. One that does not perish. You're not doing it for the crown, per se. You're doing it for Christ that happens to bring the crown because you did it right. And there are five crowns in Scripture that we can attain to. But each one of them is because we did it right. And we did it with the right heart. And at the end, even all we get all five crowns, what do we do with them? We present them back to Jesus because we understand it was not done by our own strength, but because of what Jesus empowered us to do, empowered us to do. As we prepare for communion, servanthood says sacrifice, Christ sacrifice. In this Memorial Day weekend, we honor those who have served we honor those who have died in battle. 
who did it with a heart to serve their country. And some of them paid the ultimate sacrifice. Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice. That's what happens when we come to the Lord's table. He came to serve. And he did it for you, for me, because of the He engaged the culture. He engaged the cultures to people that some were not even engaged. So, if Tim asked me back for the North and the East campaign, I want a few changes what I do, but I'll probably say yes. I can hardly say no to him. No need. But it's not for him so much, it's for the gospel. Front and So, you're doing this for the gospel. You come to the table. Is it for the gospel? My dad, when I was a pastor of Chinese Baptist up in Deacon Hill, he came to see me. Visit. He'd never been in, I think he'd been in church maybe one other time. But he comes. It happens to be. We celebrate communion every day. But in this church it was once a month. And he came on the Sunday we were celebrating. So I'm up there, I'm watching as the cups are being passed, bread is being passed. My dad takes. And so one of the cousins saw this. This cousin. He says, Oh, you're a Christian too. No, he's not. He just did it because he didn't want to look bad. Remember, we do it. For an audience of one. For the gospel. So as you take this communion, take it the bread and as you dip it into uh, the juice or the wine, you're making a commitment. A commitment to serve. A commitment to sacrifice. A commitment to engage. But Jesus and we have a message greater than Father, thank you.